Welcome to the Mama Matters podcast. Whether you're expecting, you've recently given birth, or you're just starting along your fertility journey, it's time to get down to the nitty gritty and sort fact from fiction. I'm your host, Rosie Dumbrell, physiotherapist and pregnancy expert. Mama Matters aims to provide an easily digestible, up-to-date and evidence-based approach to pregnancy, birth and motherhood with a side dose of humour along the way. Interviews from the industry's leading experts and experience of my own adventures as a mother to three gorgeous boys under four. I want to share the stuff that helps to grow confidence throughout motherhood. Mama Matters is a podcast by Lenny Rose Active and this is what you can expect to hear in upcoming episodes. The final thing is obviously just really looking after yourself. Like what can you control? What preventative strategies can you put in place? So things like regular exercise, eating well, good sleep hygiene, uh, good strategies are all on the COPE website and obviously embedded throughout Ready to COPE. Things that you can proactively do to look at after yourself so you're not only looking after your and getting the physical health benefits but also the emotional and mental health benefits too welcome back ladies i do really hope that you're loving what you're listening to getting some great feedback along the way which is so so great and it really is our mission to help educate and yeah empower you through a positive experience in pregnancy birth and motherhood so one topic that is obviously so important for us to cover and to be able to share resources on is mental health and you know pregnancy and motherhood already places us under increased both physical and psychological stress and then we add a pandemic on top of that and so it's so important for us to bring you these episodes. Today's episode is part one of a two-part series around mental health uh, with the amazing Dr. Nicole Hyatt and today's episode focuses more around pregnancy and then a subsequent episode will be uh, yeah, looking more into sort of postpartum and strategies around that. So Nicole has a doctorate in clinical psychology and specializes in the community approach to treating postnatal depression. She joined Beyond Blue in 2001, just after the initiative began, where for 12 years she led a range of programs, campaigns, and activities. And one of her most passionate endeavors is the success of a national perinatal depression initiative, which combines her broad skill set as well as research experience and aims to assist the quality of life for those women and their families who experience mental health disorders during pregnancy or following the birth of a baby. She also launched not for profit organization COPE, Center of Perinatal Excellence, in 2000. And COPE provides a dedicated focus to reduce the impacts of emotional and mental health problems experienced by mothers, fathers, infants, and families. And really, it focuses on increasing awareness, reducing stigma, and supporting health professionals by equipping them with the knowledge and skills to provide timely and effective care for women and their families. So it is with such awe and pleasure that I introduce today's guest, Dr. Nicole Hyatt. We know that in the perinatal period, which is defined as the pregnancy through to age one for an infant, uh, already poses quite a lot of challenges to a woman in a physical sense, emotional, psychological adjustments, there's a lot going on, and that perinatal depression is unfortunately relatively common. The effects of perinatal depression reach further than just the woman herself, potentially to her unborn baby, her family, her close relationships, and you know, there's obviously a risk of increased risk of postpartum depression as well. And this is just the, the tip of the iceberg. So what are the biggest causes of perinatal anxiety and depression? And what sort of signs can women and their partners 
look out for? Uh, well, first of all, Rosie, the main there's a number of risk factors. So things that we know increase the likelihood that someone will develop a mental health problem during the pregnancy or in the first year after having a baby. Perhaps the strongest risk factor is your previous mental health history. So if you have someone who's had anxiety or depression or another mental health condition in the past or you live with another mental health condition, this places you at greater risk at this time when there's a lot of change, a lot of transitions and a lot of adaptations. So that's really the number one risk factor. So it's very common or you should be asked as part of your antenatal care a series of questions and one of those is really looking at your personal history or family history of mental health problems. Other things that we know might impact or certainly impact on your likelihood of developing a condition like anxiety and depression really relate to your support networks. Having a supportive relationship, so people do have a partner and is that an emotionally supportive uh, relationship? Do you have access to emotional support, practical support from family and friends? Uh, So this support element, both emotional and practical support, is another uh, risk factor for those who don't have access to that. And of course, we know that family violence, unfortunately, often occurs for the first time in pregnancy and also increases generally in pregnancy. So this is another major risk factor, of course, and relates to the the relationship. And are we seeing more of that at the moment with the sort of current situation? Like, do we have any sort of um, understanding of that? Yes. So certainly the COVID-19 pandemic is putting a lot of extra pressure and strain and stresses on individuals and on partnerships. So we are seeing increases in family violence uh, during pregnancy mm-hmm. and the postnatal period and abroad and across the broader community as well. So this is something that's very important that health professionals are still doing the mental health screening and asking about these factors because uh, a number of these factors are likely to increase with the pandemic. Another major risk factor is whether you've had major life stresses in the last 12 months. So of course the pandemic itself right now is a major a risk factor is putting a lot of pressure on different families depending on your situation you or your partner may have lost their jobs or not having secure income so this is putting a lot of financial pressure on the family at a time when you're going to be expanding your family and potentially needing more access to finances so this can put stress not only on uh, the individuals but also on the relationships as well and likely to certainly be contributing to family violence so major life stresses are also a major risk factor we also know that having certain personality types uh, put some people at greater risk than others so particularly people who might describe themselves as being a warrior or having like to have lots of control or order in their life having a baby often leads to a um, things not quite going as we might think they can uh, or will whether that's the pregnancy itself whether it's conceiving whether it's the birth things don't always go to plan and so we know that those individuals who are used to having a lot more control or order will uh, likely find this more of a difficult adjustment and they will also be more prone to conditions like anxiety and depression. Mm -hmm. Then finally the other sort of uh, group of risk factors relate to your own personal upbringing, your own life experiences. So if you have someone who has been emotionally abused when growing up, sexually or physically abused or didn't have a supportive relationship with your own mother. We know that when you have a baby or are expecting a baby, 
often it's a natural thing because there's no reference point that you might look back at your own experiences in growing up and drawing on those experiences. And if that was a very negative or traumatic time, often those feelings resurface and that can make women more vulnerable and susceptible to conditions like anxiety and depression at this time. Mm, wow, it's um, a bit of a minefield, isn't it? <laughs> it sure is. Mm, yeah, luckily we have some amazing resources which we'll tap into um, towards the end of the interview. You know, and that's just really, uh, that's really hitting a chord with me because the next sort of segue, you know, I am very, very passionate about addressing mental health in pregnancy and postpartum. I've got three of my own little kids, the oldest, which is four. And, you know, I really wanted to get an interview jumping around the place and then I remembered you actually Sophie from Australian Birth Stories triggered me to contact you guys and I was just so so grateful that you said yes because obviously you know there is so much going on and I'm sure you're completely inundated at the moment but can you speak to we've obviously had a little bit of insight there into how things have changed with the rise of COVID-19 but what sort of issues or what are the sort of patterns that you're seeing women sort of seek uh, help for particularly is there anything that you can sort of yeah tag there? Yeah so when we look at those risk factors we can see how how the event of COVID-19 is going to potentially increase the rates of anxiety and depression for pregnant women and families right now. But when we look at what, what impact this is actually happening, what are we seeing on the ground? The first thing I'd say that we're observing is certainly heightened rates of anxiety amongst mm. pregnant women. Just all this change, uh, you know, when you're going to have a baby and you're, you're going through your pregnancy, you have expectations about what that's going to be like. You often might have planned things, like you've planned your baby showers, you're planning to have visitors in hospital after your birth, you're planning your christening, you're planning coming back to work, you're planning to have mother's groups. And that's it's quite normal that you have those expectations and suddenly that's all changed. And the fact that that has all suddenly just changed and your expectations are being altered, having to be altered and you're having to adapt, it's really leading to a feeling of uncertainty and that culminates uh, with feelings of greater anxiety, feeling out of control, but also I would say a sense of grief as well accompanying that about this is not the experience that I thought I was going to have. And th there is some uh, sense of sadness, I think, and grief being expressed by women, particularly around that, you know, they feel like they're being robbed of the experience that they were intending and hoping to have. And I think also, you know, we also need to recognise that the pandemic itself and the concerns about what this is going to mean, what does this mean to my unborn baby? If I get COVID-19, what are the risks on my developing baby? What are the implications for the birth? Will I be more precious to have a caesarean? Will breastfeeding be safe if I contracted COVID-19? So there's all these other underlying health concerns, not only for the mother herself, but also the impacts on the developing or new baby. These, of course, are also contributing to levels of anxiety, as well as this immense overwhelming change and adaption, which is also obviously unsettling in itself and likely to be culminating in higher levels of anxiety at the moment. Yeah, so actually just to note there, we have covered a lot of those topics already in the podcast. So what are the risks around pregnancy and COVID-19 and breastfeeding? What happened? What the what are the current changes to birth? So if listeners would like to go back and listen to some interviews with obstetricians, midwives, lactation consultants, you can certainly go and do that to get a little bit more information. But it sounds like it's very, I guess, normal almost at this point to be feeling anxious. But how do we know what's a healthy level and what is perhaps, you know, a little bit too far? Mm. Yeah, look, I would say I wouldn't use the word normal in relation to anxiety. Uh, I would say mm -hmm. it's understandable that people are stressed. So stress is, and there's a big difference between stress and anxiety, which is often really not well understood. So 
Stress is really a response to a situation um, or circumstances where we feel that uh, things are beyond our control and the, the impact of that stress we feel is greater than our ability to cope with it at the time. And so that is putting what we, we our body then reacts to that. So to try and develop new resources, to try and cope with whatever that thing is and overcome it. And that is completely mm-hmm. normal. You know, we experience stress from time to time. You might go to a job and ha- have a very stressful job and then you come home and the stress passes. Once a stressful event is passed, the it goes away. But anxiety is different to that because anxiety is a condition that is constantly there and it's different to stress. Uh, anxiety is something that a condition that really can take over. It takes over all aspects of yourself. It takes over the way you think, the way you feel, and the way you, way you behave. And it really can become very overwhelming. And it can become this cycle where you might have, you know, very worrying thoughts about something, which of course makes leads you to react and feel very worried and anxious. And then that might lead you to certain behaviours to try and manage that. And it's this this cycle that can really become really exhausting uh, and really start to take over. So we would say when in terms of well, what's what's normal and what's healthy, it's normal to have stress. It's healthy to have stress. It extends ourselves to overcome those stresses. But anxiety is different. And anxiety, once it gets to the point that it really takes over your ability to function from day to day, then it is becoming a problem. Because anxiety can be so overwhelming and exhausting, obviously when you're pregnant and or have recently had a baby, this puts a parent under immense strain not being able to sleep is a common symptom of anxiety, for example, and you need that sleep to restore yourself. And if you don't get that sleep, obviously then it impacts on your quality of life and your ability to function, your ability to look after yourself and your infant if this goes on for a period of time. So as a general rule, I would say that once it begins to, those feelings of feeling overwhelmed, that constant worry and apprehension is really undermining your ability to have a quality of life and function effectively from day to day then it's time to really get help. And there's great treatments and strategies to really learn how to take control of anxiety because it is a condition that likes to take control of us if we don't learn how to manage it. So if someone feels like they're in this sort of, I guess, cycle where anxiety is starting to take hold, what is the sort of easiest kind of touch points to uh, get some help with this, especially in the current climate where everything is done virtually and it's, you know, perhaps we're not having the same sort of level of face-to-face contact with health practitioners that we, you know, usually would have? Uh, well, the first thing I'd say is really important is to understand these conditions and how they work. Uh, quite often people have lived with anxiety or the anxiety sort of creeps up on them and they think, oh, this is normal. And particularly in pregnancy, for example, often people put the symptoms of anxiety down to hormones. I just thought it was hormones. I just thought it was part of the pregnancy. So often the condition is not identified and understood in its own right. And as a result, people are not getting the information they need, the preventative strategies or the treatments. So number one is to understand these conditions understand what the signs and symptoms are, understand how they affect your thinking and how you're feeling. And really the COPE website, cope.org.au, gives you an immense amount of understanding and insight into how anxiety and pregnancy might present, what it looks and feels like, and how you can engage in strategies to really prevent these conditions happening, but also then if they are there, how to nip it in the bud. And if it is becoming overwhelming, 
when and how to, to get on top of anxiety and what type of help. So understanding the condition is number one. The, the type of help, once you get into understanding, the type of help that you need really depends on the severity of the condition. So at a very low level of anxiety, you can do things that are preventative or also might be able to treat the actual conditions. So very effective things like exercising, deep breathing, muscle relaxation. And again, there's a whole lot of strategies on the COPE website teaching you to rationalise your fears, strategies for mild to even moderate anxiety. And once it gets to sort of moderate to severe, like it's really becoming overwhelming, you can't even think straight, you can't rationalise that on your own, or the feelings, the physical feelings of anxiety are absolutely taking over, then I would recommend professional intervention. And that can include things including, for example, structured therapies like cognitive behaviour therapies, as well as uh, in some indications for medication to really start to get those physical symptoms under control and give that person in the opportunity to start managing the symptoms and learning how to take control of those physical symptoms as well as the psychological or the mental symptoms that really perpetuate anxiety. What are your top three tips for managing stress and anxiety in pregnancy in particular and especially as how it relates to our current situation? Look, the first thing I would really recommend for all pregnant women would be to sign up to Ready to Cope. So Ready to Cope is our free e-newsletter that women can sign up to at any stage and their partners as well, any stage from six weeks pregnancy. And this will give you free updates and insights into tips for coping and managing not only anxiety and depression, but also the various other challenges that can come with having a baby, things like managing your expectations, preparing for birth, managing advice from other people, Mm. all those things that we know can (laughs) impact on our emotional and mental health and wellbeing, as well as understanding more about these conditions. So Ready to Cope is a fantastic free resource that I really encourage every uh, expectant parent to be signing up to. The other thing I would really recommend is this can be a very Uh, We've talked about uh, a lot of expectations that might not be met and a lot of isolation. So the other thing is about connecting with other people who might be in a similar position. And so here I would really recommend signing up to the Mama Tribe at mamatribe.com.au. And this is mums all around the country where you can sign up via a uh, Facebook group as well and link with other mamas in your area. And you can just share in the conversation and feel like you're not so isolated. And obviously once the social isolation has lifted, there can be meetups and things like that will resume. But in the meantime, you have an online network of other mums. So that's very important just for reinforcing that you're not alone and there are other people around you and you can share tips and strategies and really just support each other. The final thing is obviously just really looking after yourself. Like what can you control? What preventative strategies can you put in place? So things like regular exercise, eating well, good sleep hygiene, uh, good strategies are all on the COPE website and obviously embedded throughout Ready to Cope, things that you can proactively do to look after yourself. So you're not only looking after your and getting the physical health benefits, but also the emotional and mental health benefits too. So, yeah, so much, uh, so much great information there. And yeah, such a pleasure to get to, to chat to you around this. And I will put all of the details of the COPE website and if it's okay, your Instagram handle, etc., um, in the show notes. Thank you so much for chatting and we'll stay tuned for part two in which we will talk a little bit more about the period immediately following birth and sort of specific to that uh, time frame. So thanks so much, Nicole. Thank you. 
Wow, I really had a lump in my throat the entire time uh, chatting to Nicole today. It's just, it really is uh, just such a sensitive time and such a sensitive topic. And, you know, we have to do all that we can to reduce the stigma and talk to each other and normalize um, the ups and downs of pregnancy and motherhood. And yeah, I'm really looking forward to sharing both uh, parts, episode one and or episode, part one and part two, where I definitely open up and share my own vulnerabilities a little bit more, especially in the postpartum period. And even if you're not pregnant at the moment or you haven't got a newborn, we're in really tough times. And so, you know, even if you've got a great support network and you still have your job, you know, there is just a lot of extra kind of stuff going on. And, you know, we want to be able to pull on good quality resources to help us get through as well as our support networks. And if we don't have a great support network around us in terms of our own friends and family, creating those links, you know, Nicole mentioned some really great resources and links for, you know, creating new relationships with other mums going through the same thing as you at the same time. So I'll pop all of those resources in the show notes and I can't wait to share with you part two of this interview with Nicole. If you are enjoying listening to the podcast, please give us some love. You can give us a review on iTunes or Shout us out on socials by screenshotting uh, the episode that you're listening to and uh, tagging us at Lenny Rose Active or using the hashtag Mama Matters. Thanks so much, ladies. We'll see you in the next episode. Bye. This episode is brought to you by Lenny Rose Active, Australian-owned, three-times mum and physiotherapist-designed luxe, active and technical wear for the pregnancy to motherhood journey. You can find us on lennyroseactive.com.au or on Instagram at lennyroseactive.